Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks. You're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, friends, and welcome to another edition of the Bleed Lows podcast. This week's podcast is brought to you by our good friends at FOCO. Do you like memorabilia and knickknacks and all things Dodgers, like shirts and hats and flip-flops and all that jazz? Hey, so do I, but I also like to save money. So, for you being a loyal listener to this here podcast, we're going to save you some money too. If you go to the link in the description of this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on, Click on that link, it'll take you to FOCO's website, add whatever you want to your cart, and upon checkout, you will save some money. As always, terms and conditions do apply. Please see their website for more details, but for being a loyal listener, you will save up to 10% on your purchase to check it out. We're also doing a giveaway with them. If you go to our Instagram for this here podcast, which is at the Bleed Lows Podcast, it'll have all the details there. Follow those instructions for you to have a chance to win that hat. We're going to keep doing giveaways. We uh, we just give away the uh, the Dieter Rule, uh, DJ Severe, and Todd Light signed baseball to a, a lucky winner. And we even give away a uh, Dieter Rule baseball card. So, again, please go check out that Instagram. Not only will you be able to enter that contest, but future contests. Give it a follow. Check it out. Once again, huge thanks to FOCO for the consideration. Terms and conditions do apply. Please see their website for more details. Huge thanks to FOCO. Do you like to go to baseball games, whether it's a Dodger Stadium, on the road, anywhere in this fine country? Hey, so do I. But I also like to save money when I go to those games. So, if you go to DodgersBeat.com, which is our host for this here uh, platform, DodgersBeat. Go to DodgersBeat.com, go to the little link tree that's going to be there, click on the link for TicketIQ.com. It's going to take you to their website. Once you're on that website, you're going to see that you can search for tickets anywhere in the country, whether it's on the road or here. Do you want to go to that Houston Astros series next week? Go to TicketIQ.com. Add whatever you want to the cart, and upon checkout, for being a loyal listener to this here podcast, you will save some money. Check out their website. Again, from the DodgersBeat.com website, there's a link tree. Click on TicketIQ.com. It'll direct you to their website. Huge thanks to TicketIQ.com. It's been a while since Juan and I have talked baseball, and we're going to do that on this episode. So, check it out. Welcome back to the Carnesada, because we're going to shoot the breeze on some baseball. In the interim, here is the intro. Fans, this is Todd Lights, public address announcer for your world champion Los Angeles Dodgers, and you are listening to the Bleed Lows Podcast with your hosts Alonso and Juan with the baby face gimmick in the sky, Roger. Juan, I'm, I'm curious to hear your take on on how uh, how everything went with the Giants series because that I feel like that was like 
a combination of like the good, bad, and the ugly. And, and it's been kind of an interesting swing of everything also because of the injuries, because, you know, we'll dive into that in a moment, but it, it was an interesting swing, if you will, just because the, you know, we also had the debut of Josiah Gray and then the struggles of the Dodgers coming in there, but we also had a walk-off win. So uh, I'm kind of curious to hear your take from your perspective. Cause ironically we were there for that walk-off win. Yeah, you buried the lead right there, Alonzo. I mean, let's point out to the fact that the Bleed Loss podcast was live at the only game that the Dodgers won in that Giants series. So even though Babyface believes that we are the supernova nova of uh, bad karma, it was actually the fact that the three of us were there together that, that made the Dodgers win that game. But I digress. Here's the thing about that series, and this is what's been so frustrating. The Dodgers should be in first place right now. The Dodgers in that series against the Giants could have easily have gotten swept or they could have won three out of four games. They had the lead going into the ninth inning, two games in a row, two games that they ended up losing. So it's it's one of those things where this is how close this division is that, you know, they they are dominating the Rockies and the Diamondbacks and are, you know, really tight. I mean, the Padres are dominating the Dodgers head to head. And the right now, the giant, the record against the giants is seven and six. So things are really, really close. I just, I just can't go back right now. I can't lose sight of the fact that these injuries is, this is now getting ridiculous. I mean, you mentioned this earlier, Alonzo, the guys that we're getting called that we're calling up are getting hurt now. So it just might be that the Dodgers are just snake bit this year. They just may not be able to get healthy because it turns out that that Mookie thing was something that was affecting him all year. So it, I just can't get over the fact that as we're losing our mind. You know, they could very easily be in first place. You listen to Dodger fans talk about the Dodgers, especially this week. They'll tell you they suck. You know, they're, they're horrible and all that stuff. The Dodgers are 21 games over 500. And I still think no one, I haven't heard anyone say that the Dodgers have played their best ball. If they can go ahead and do that these last two months of the season, they might end up winning the division and who knows what will happen once they're in the playoffs. And to your point, the Dodgers have not played their best baseball this season. That's kind of what's crazy about all of this. You know, the, the record is telling a completely different story than to what's actually happening. And, you know, we, we haven't even gone down the realm of, of the pitching injuries, right? The pitching woes, if you will. And, you know, the snake bit inside, you know, Corey Seeker's still trying to come back. Mookie Betts had a cortisone injection. I will say from personal experience and also just knowing historically what comes with that, if you're getting cortisone, cortisone injections in the middle of the season, that's usually never good. So I, I'm hoping for Mookie's sake, knock on wood, that that doesn't mean that it's, it's impending doom of some sort of surgery or some sort of season ending, ending surgery or anything like that. Obviously hoping for the best for him, but that's never good. Um, hey, Alonso, let me ask you real quick on that cortisone sure. thing, being that you have experience with it. The fact that they put him on the IL, does that mean he did not respond to the cortisone shot that he got? Typically, yes. Uh, I've had them in my pitching arm, and they, they, I mean, they're painful injections. If you've never had them, don't get them. But, um, I mean, typically, if, if your body's not taking well to them, that's usually what it implies. Or the inflammation that is there is worse. 
than it, than it was. So, or than suspected, I guess I should say. Um, now, again, I don't know the, uh, the entirety of his injury. You know, I don't know if it's his flexor. I don't know if it's his labrum. I, I don't know what it is. I just know it's his hip. And, you know, I've had a hip injury and that, you know, that ended up being a bigger thing than just inflammation for me personally. Right. But, you know, I, 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 I can't imagine that it's anything positive if they have to IL him because of it. Right. Um, you know, same thing with like the, the Corey Seager thing, you know, we, we've, we've, we've heard, uh, you know, here that, uh, that they're working on his lower body. I've heard that it's, it's, it's others, you know, other lower body ailments that are lingering for him that if, you know, from, from ghosts of Christmas past, if you will. And so that's why he's working on that stuff. So, I mean, that's, that's not good either, you know, because he went from a broken hand or a fractured hand or whatever to now he has to work on lower body stuff. So, I mean, it's to your point, I think a lot of these guys are snake bit, you know, they kept Cody Bellinger in the lineup because of his glove, right. And his speed, but his bat's been nagging. So it's one of those things where, you know, that they're trying to navigate all of that BS to, to try to get to the ultimate thing, because again, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And the Dodgers where they've been lucky, even though they've been snake bitten is Chris Taylor's bawling out. Someone pay that man immediately. Keep him here. I don't want to see him go anywhere. Um, and, you know, Will Smith has stepped up huge, you know, also in that time. So it's, and Max Muncy, you know, and congratulations to Max on, on the new addition for him and his wife. Max has also been balling out. So, you know, it's for some guys, it's, it's definitely been, you know, the right moment. You know, AJ Pollock had himself a great series in Colorado. I was there for that series. He hit some bombs. And, uh, and, and they're getting it going at the right time for some of those guys, right? But the downside is Mookie Betts goes down. Corey Seager's still down. Cody's obviously got a hamstring now. As of today, as of the recording of this, Joe Kelly sounds like he has a hamstring now. So it, it's one of those things where they, they you know, they're, they're doing everything that they can to weather the storm as best as they can. But it, it's, I'm concerned at this point because if these guys aren't able to stay healthy, like you said, come September – then what's going to happen? Are they going to be a wild card team? You know, because I mean, I mean, no one can deny that this Dodgers team is a playoff team. They are, in fact, a playoff team. We can't deny that. But are they actually going to be a viable playoff team if they have to play this sort of a lineup? Because they're trying to build up David Price. They're trying to build up Tony Gonsolin. The bullpen is also snake bit. They're trying to get Corey Knable back. Word on the street is they're trying to acquire one, maybe up to three arms come the deadline on Friday. So it's one of those things where they also want a right-handed bat. Cool. They want a right-handed bat. Then, you know, they're either worried about someone being hurt for the remainder of the season, or they're trying to compensate for the lack of depth that they have at this point, because everyone's kind of, kind of snake bitten at this point. No, absolutely. Can we talk about, you know, uh, we're doing a double episode this week. So for those of you that are have already listened or going to listen to our interview with Elisa Hernandez, you'll hear us discuss about the booze, Kenley Jansen getting the booze. So if you want to hear our takes on that, make sure you listen to that up other episode. But what I want to talk to you about is, okay, Jansen blowing the save on Wednesday. All right, you chalk it up, you know. It happens. He threw 30 pitches that more than 30 pitches that game. But that game on Thursday, the what that game on Thursday was a little it was a little hard to swallow for me. And yeah. I want to get your opinion on this because I don't think he should have been out there. 
because of the fact that he had thrown over 30 pitches the day before and the fact that Blake Trinan had only thrown 16 pitches. So this is the issue that I, 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 I hate, and that's in baseball today, I believe we ignore the eye test. Blake Trinan was just mowing the Giants down. Why not let him, especially since this year, we've known that Jansen is not very, it hasn't been the same pitcher. I won't say hasn't been good, but he just hasn't been the same pitcher going back to back. My question to you, Alonzo, is uh, did Dave Roberts have a bad game on Thursday? Because I feel Roberts coming out of there and throwing him, getting thrown out of that game, was his frustration? I I think he knew he made the wrong call throwing Jansen out there again. I I think to a certain degree, yeah. Um, you know, I mean, Kenley. I, I feel like they wanted to ride that horse because of the the success that he's had. Right, they're coming out of the All Star break, trying to get him back in the swing of things. No pun intended. And and Trinan, you know, Trinan has the ability to be not only just the setup guy or, you know, like an eighth to, you know, the bridge to the closer guy, anything like that. Um, I feel like that they didn't want to overexert him, which is ironic because they obviously exerted Kenley. And I feel like Kenley was put in an unfair position by essentially having to bite the bullet in that situation. Right. And I feel like that was, you know, unfair, but it's also, he's willing to do the, the, the favors, if you will, that using the Stone Cold Steve Austin term, doing the favors for the business, because at the end of the day, they all know that that bullpen is also hurt. You know, we have Victor Gonzalez who went down. You know, they, they've had to bring up Alex Vasaya. They've, they've had to bring up Jake Reed, who is no longer a Dodger. You know, the, all these all these kind of, you know, uh, the, 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 the holes that they're trying to plug at the same time. But at the same time, if you recall, Everyone is, is recognizing Kenley's the closer, but no one's really referred to him as the closer, if we're being 100% honest. So it, it, it's one of those things where he was unfairly thrown in that position. I don't envy him for that, but I will say that he handled it with class. He went into the press conference, the Zoom press conference, and he fielded the questions and he answered them as honest as he could. And, and for that, I, I applaud Kenley for doing that because a lot of guys, especially in this COVID era, they, didn't ha- they wouldn't have done that. They just simply wouldn't have done it, right? And so all things considered, and with all that said, Kenley was for sure put in an unfair position. Now, Dave, I I do commend Dave for coming out and and doing what he did because he's definitely trying to fire up his guys, right? It doesn't justify the garbage zone that – who was behind the plate then? Uh, I think it was Isonia. That that garbage plate that they, they had that night, that was terrible, terrible. Now, do, does Kenley have to go out there and execute? Absolutely. He has to execute, right? But it, he didn't get any help. He didn't get any help, and that's why he was put in that in that predicament. All things considered, what it all comes back down to is the injuries. If those injuries aren't a factor, I don't think Kenley's put in that position because then you would have a Corey Knable available. You would have a Joe Kelly available. You would have... You know, these are, you know, all these arms, Victor Gonzalez, that would be available in those situations. So that way, Kenley doesn't have to throw 30 pitches back to back in a row on back to back nights. And that's why I think it was an unfair position. But all things considered, Kenley weathered the storm as best as he could, right? He, I, I, I am not a proponent of booze. I, I do believe that fans should boo, you know, and, and voice their displeasure. That's why they pay to go to those games, right? But to a certain degree, 
it was kind of it was kind of a, a dick move in my humble opinion. So again, I'm not going to sit there and 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 you know debate that end of it. We talk about it a little bit with Elisa, but uh, but at the end of the day, Canley was definitely for sure put in an unfair position. Well, it's just interesting to me in the sense that I don't know. I I, I really felt Roberts' frustration came through. Uh, in in that game, and it, it was it was just the situation as a whole. The Dodgers were this close to being in first place the night before. It it was just a huge swing that that took place there. I we've talked about this before. We all know that Roberts is a player's manager. Let me ask you this: Is it possible that his loyalty to one player? could then hurt the rest of the team by him being loyal to Jansen and throwing him out there that second night. Was he letting down the rest of the team? I, that's a good question. I don't think it is. I think what it is more or less is he was trying to kind of run with the hot hand, if that makes sense. And I mean, obviously that doesn't sound great to someone because it's like, Oh, if you have a hot hand, that means you're in a winning streak. And at the end of the day, Right now, he has to depend on what he can depend on. You know, we've talked about it in our group text about, you know, these lineups that are being kind of thrown out there. He's working with what he got. And all things considered, this dude, Dave Roberts, has still has placed this team in a position where they can still win a division with those pieces. So even with these snake bits, uh, snake bitten injuries, even with these, you know, Luke Rayleigh's, you know, the, the Brian McKinney's of the world, you know, Zach McKinstry's, are they, are they okay players? Are they good major league players? Sure. Yeah. They have the potential, right? But they're not Mookie Betts. They're not Corey Sear. They're not Cody Bellinger. And, and those are the star players that he has to manage, but now he has to manage this, you know, for lack of a better term, subpar everyday lineup because of injuries and Max Muncy's on the paternity list. Now you got guys that are, you know, lingering with injuries. And that's just what you also have to deal with when you get to this point of the season, there's nagging injuries, right? The only difference is the Dodgers are having to deal with more so than other teams, but their embarrassment of riches that the Dodgers have, have been able to, to finagle themselves and position themselves to where they are now. And I, I firmly believe this. If this was any other organization, I don't think that they would be able to weather the storm, not even the mighty San Diego Padres. I don't think could weather the storm to where the Dodgers have them. That just shows you from top to bottom that, yeah, we may not agree with the game planning that they do. We may even talk shit on it a little bit, but it's working because they're still right there in the mix to win the division in the best division in all of baseball. Yes, and here comes the major plug alert. Uh, this Friday, we will be doing a trade, a trade deadline special. Uh, it'll be on the Twitters, so more information on that will come out later on this week. Uh, speaking of the trade deadline, Alonso, you've got to explain to me another, you know, favorite punching bag this week on the Dodgers was Sheldon Noisy. There was a lot of complaints about not only Noisy at the plate, but Noisy on the field. In my mind, I was sitting there thinking to myself, is this the best the Dodgers could do? Meanwhile, I'm getting update after update on Twitter of Kiebert just hitting more bombs and just killing it down at Oklahoma city. Not only Kiebert, but Yoshi, Yoshi seems to be doing really well. So I'm thinking to myself, why don't I know the Dodgers don't want to carry three catchers. And I know the Dodgers don't trust 
having two young catchers behind the plate. But I'm thinking to myself, Austin Barnes can play second. Wouldn't Austin Barnes be a better choice at second than Sheldon Noisy? And if we bring up Kiebert, you know, we have at least uh, another bat because I don't know. I, I, I'm really struggling watching Rayleigh out there again, you know, or, you know, or seeing Noisy out there. Is Kiebert not up here because he's going to get traded? He is a, chi- uh, a chip. So you're trying to protect him, trying to make sure his value doesn't go down because I, I, the guys that are bringing up, I just, why are these, why are these the guys that are bringing up and what's it going to take for us to see Yoshi up here and Kiebert? I would be a thousand percent surprised if Kiebert is in a Dodger system still come Friday at 2 PM Eastern. I would be a thousand percent surprised because they've been kicking the tires on Danny Duffy. They've been kicking the tires on Cole Hamels. Well, obviously that wouldn't be a trade. But, I mean, they're, they're trying to make something happen. They're for sure trying to make a deal happen. Max Scherzer apparently has been made available once again. Um, apparently, Scott Boris has said that, in, that uh, an extension isn't necessarily a part of a, any sort of a deal. But he's a 10-5 and five guy, so he can pick where he goes. And, you know, if he wants to come here and if the Dodgers get in the right package for the Nats, I don't see why they wouldn't. For sure, Keeper would have to be the cornerstone of that package, right? So... I would be a thousand percent surprised if that dude is still a Dodger with the moves that they need to make. Cause another move, I mean, th- that I think that they should make, and I know they're going to get taxed for it, but they need that arm. They really should go get Craig Kimbrell or a Jose Barrios or both. Like th- that, that's the, that's where they're at because I get what they're trying to do with build up David price. I get it hundred percent, but we've talked about this. They haven't elevated them and there's a reason why they haven't elevated them. Right. And you don't want to push that guy over the edge. So, okay, let's go get an arm. Perfect. You have the opportunity to do it and you have the chips to do it. I don't see why, why they don't. Yoshi is an interesting, uh, an interesting thing. I, I actually don't know why they don't bring him up. He right now, if, if, I mean, unless they're working on a swing down there, I, I, I don't see why they wouldn't bring him up. Obviously they came to some sort of an agreement of some kind because he did accept the assignment to AAA. So, you know, that, that, that's going to be an interesting thing to see in the next little bit. The only thing I can think of kind of subliminally is maybe they're worried that Cody's, you know, kind of bit by the injury bug this year and they may want to give him some time and Yoshi would be the, the perfect fit for that. Right. I, I don't know if they do that. That's the thing is I don't know if they want to, to, to risk that yet per se, because obviously it's not an options thing with Yoshi. It's not even a service time thing with Yoshi. Whereas with Kiebert, it is. So, you know, with Kiebert, you're trying to preserve those options and you're trying to preserve that service time. So that way it's a more appealing pick as far as a trade goes when you're trying to acquire, if let's say they do in fact go after a Max Scherzer, right? Something like that. I, I, I am intrigued though that they want a right-handed bat. I actually don't understand why it needs to be a right-handed bat because as long as you have a bat that can produce, I don't see why it's an issue, right? Um, especially right now, right now, especially with all the injuries that they have, I don't see that why that's kind of the, the hill that they want to die on, but you know what? I digress. I'm just a guy on a podcast. Um, you know, the other part that's super interesting is, you know, Gavin Lux, Corey Seager and Cody Bellinger. Well, Gavin Lux and Corey are on the injured list, right? I don't know why Austin Barnes isn't playing more second and they're not letting Will catch more 
because they've both been hitting well. And I, I don't know why that's not a thing at this point, because to your point, I don't know if, if Sheldon noisy is the, is the option, right? I don't know if that's the everyday option. Austin Barnes has shown that he can play there. Austin Barnes has shown that he is comfortable with the glove at second base. I, I don't know how comfortable they feel about Sheldon noisy. I, I can tell you, I'm not comfortable with it. Not to take anything away from him. The dude can ball, right? But Austin Barnes right now has got kind of the, the hot hand. And I don't see why you wouldn't want to ride that, especially given everything they're doing. Maybe they don't want to risk injury to their, one of their two catchers. I mean, that would make a lot more sense. But, um, but I mean, it's, I don't know, man, it, it, it's super interesting. You know, I know that the pirates are, have made Tyler Anderson available. I know uh, that the Rockies have made John Gray available. I don't foresee the Rockies trading John Gray to the Dodgers. Cause you know, they're, they're player haters. Um, you know, I, I know that there's a lot of arms that are available and the Dodgers will have for sure pickings, right? But, I mean, you know, with them optioning Darren Nunez, with them optioning also Garrett Clevenger, you know, all, all these guys, it, it, it's it, from what it shows me, you know, from the outside looking in, that they do not trust some of these arms and they for sure need to make a move. And so that's why I'm kind of curious as to, to how that plays out. But the Yoshi thing still stands out to me because if that dude's ripping it like how he is down there and they're not calling him up, that that worries me a little bit only in the sense that they either don't know what to do with him or they're kind of waiting to see how these injuries play out. If that makes sense. No, absolutely. And that's, that's the issue, right? Is the injuries. Again, we've harped about it all show. Everyone keeps saying the same thing. Just wait until we get healthy. Just wait until we get healthy. I don't, I don't see it happening this year. Honestly, I, I don't. Mookie has been dealing with this hip thing all season. Cody, who knows if he's recovered from his shoulder. Now he's got a hamstring and hamstrings are something that lingers. Now that's just the injury front. We haven't talked about the fact that some of these players are underperforming. Yeah. Let's get Cody back. Cody's hitting 150. Mookie was starting to show signs that he was breaking out of it and he was going to have a huge second half. And then he got hurt again. But up until that point, Mookie was underperforming. So I, I, I don't know. I think it's asking a lot. I know we're going to have Knable coming back. I'm not sure that Knable is going to be able to get back to the same level that he was at at the beginning of the year. It's asking a lot. Now, I know earlier, uh, this was a conversation that Babyface and I had, you know, in terms of all these injuries. Do we need to fire the trainer? What's going on? Is it as simple as this, Alonzo? Is the short season from last year and the fact that the Dodgers played more games than anyone, is that short season and the fact that they played more games than anyone catching up to them this year? Sorry, I had to mute myself there. I, uh, I don't see how, how it's not. Because we saw the same thing in the NBA. The Lakers were snake-bitten by injuries. A part of it is because of, of they played so quickly back-to-back, -back, right? I, I feel like the same sort of thing happened with them. I told you before the season started, I felt like that that was going to be a factor. And I think we're starting to see that not only with the Dodgers. The Yankees are a shitstorm on their own that they can't figure out, but I think that's a part of it. Um, and the same even with the Padres. The Padres have been kind of dealing with their stuff, right? So it, it, I'm not overly surprised, but what I am surprised about is the amount of injuries. It's one thing if it's one or two guys, right? 
it, it's one thing if one or two pitchers goes down. That's kind of you know par for the course for any sort of a season. But when the the Dodgers are losing Mookie Betts, Cody Bellinger, Max Muncie in some cases, you know at one point, Corey Seager, the, the list goes on. All in in the same window, that makes it super difficult. That makes it super difficult to weather any sort of a storm, even when you are the mighty Dodgers that have all of the riches. Because look at all the guys that they've had to plug in, right? And unfortunately, what's kind of come back and bit them a little bit is this is where a jock or a geek would have stepped in huge. Because a guy goes down like that, an everyday guy like that goes out, you can plug those guys in. Unfortunately, they don't have a geek or a jock this year. You know, Chris Taylor is is currently the team MVP, right? That dude has been balling out. He's been producing with the bat. He's been doing all the things. But where they've been struggling is with those injuries and being able to to weather the storm with those. Matter of fact, I, you know, I've seen people on Twitter say, yo, they got to fire that training staff. I don't even think it's the training staff's fault at this point. It's just stuff that that you don't expect. And here we are. And then the irony of it is, knock on wood, AJ Pollock is still healthy. If there was anyone that I was expecting to for sure go down with some sort of a freak injury, it was either Justin Turner or AJ Pollock. And not this year. Not this year. It's been everyone else. So I mean, it's it's just one of those, it's just one of those years, like you said, where they're snake bitten and it could be that it's not meant to be. I'm still not lost the optimism because once you get into the postseason, as we learned in 2019, all, all bets go out the window and anything is possible. So it's just a matter of getting in, right? Even if they have to quote unquote limp in then that, that's all they need to do. But it, it's just one of those years, man. It's one of those years that just doesn't make any damn sense. No, you're absolutely right. And then you have, I mean, they bounced back. They took two out of three against the Rockies. They probably should have swept the Rockies, which again, just adds to the frustration. But as we are, as you and I are sitting here talking, we are focusing on injuries and underperformance. They, I still can't stress enough. They are 21 games over 500. There, even if I forgot who we had on the show earlier that made the did the math, even if they go 500 for the rest of the season, they are going to more than likely make the playoffs as a wild card. So I, I feel like we're writing this team off. And the fact is, is how they're doing it. How are they winning games? If it's not for the fact that the Giants are completely overperforming. The Giants, who have injuries themselves, are just playing way out of their mind. It takes that. It takes a team to be playing out of their head to beat the Dodgers. And then going into next week, they got a three-game series where if they sweep the Giants, the Dodgers are back in first place. I, I mean, what do you think is going to happen? Like next week, they have Urias and Bueller going the first two games. And David Urias Price. And, Urias and Bueller beat those giants. They pitched a hell of a games last week at Dodger stadium. It was the bullpen that did them in. Can the, can Urias and Bueller pull that same performance against the giants next week? So, uh, by the way, the, uh, the mighty and powerful Juan Toribio is who did the math on, uh, on them going 500, uh, shout out to the big homie Juan Toribio. Um, so, so let, let me tell you what I'm worried about. I'm actually not worried about the pitching in that series with those two guys going, with, with your horses going, for lack of a better term. What I am worried about is the offense. If you recall, on Saturday night against the Rockies, what was the final score of that game one? That was, uh, wasn't it 3-2? No, that 3-2 was today. That was today. 
What was the one score nothing? There? It was one, a one nothing. nothing. The one nothing. Yeah. Yes. And then what was the score on Friday? On Friday was six. No, it was nine to six. They, nine to six. They went into extras. Yes. They went into extras and they just gave up a lot of home runs. But you're now, right. I mean, that, that those games Saturday and Sunday were low scoring games against a team that's not supposed to be very good. They, the, a team that they should have that offensively, they should have gone out there and dominated. Right. So that's my worry about the David Price starting game. I'm not worried about David Price. I'm worried about what's after David Price because David Price is probably going to go one or two innings. After that, depending on how the first two games go, we don't know who we're going to see, right? It's it's roulette at this point. I, I'm not worried about Walker. I'm not worried about Julio. I'm worried about the offense. If Walker and Julio can go out and do what they what we know that they can do, that they've quietly have been doing all year, all things considered, I'm not worried about that. But if the offense cannot get it going, like they haven't been able to get it going, that's going to be that's going to be a struggle. Because again, I like a good walk off win more more than the next guy, right? But truthfully, the Dodgers should have not put themselves in that position for that walk off win. They they had every opportunity to shut the door. Same thing on Friday against the Rockies; they had every opportunity to shut the door. They didn't, and that's that's my other worry is once that bullpen gets in there, and we don't know who we're going to see, right? We might see a Kenley Jansen overexert himself. We might see Blake Trinan for 16 pitches again. We don't know. But that's the trouble that the Dodgers are in. So I'm hoping, I am truthfully hoping, that whatever moves that they just that they know they need to make, because they obviously know they need to make moves, right? Whatever those moves are, I hope one of them is not Danny Duffy. And the reason, and that's not a knock on Danny Duffy. The, the issue with Danny Duffy is he's hurt. That's a guy that cannot contribute tomorrow. Guys that can contribute tomorrow are those other names we threw out there, right? Those are the guys that they should probably be focusing on to go out there and get. But I also understand that if the other teams are trying to tax them into packaging whatever deal, that's going to make it more difficult. But that's why we have a deadline. That's why I think the Dodgers are going to be super busy on the deadline. Point is, uh, I, I, I think it's going to be a split. I don't think it'll be what ended up happening up over here. I think it'll be a two-to-one split situation. And the Dodgers take those first two, and they would lose that bullpen game on Wednesday. Well, it's interesting because the Giants are six and ten uh, against the Dodgers at Dodger Stadium. Meanwhile, the Dodgers are three and zero oh against the Giants up in the Bay Area. So, hopefully, that stays up, and the Dodgers are successful up there in the Bay Area. But we are now, you know, after next week, we're going to get into the last two months of the season, which is the final stretch. So I. I, it, it's hard to say that it's a it's a make or break series because the Dodgers are only two games out right. of first place, and you know maybe the Giants are starting to show signs that they are wearing down. I know that I've been hearing this from Babyface the whole time that the Giants aren't going to keep this up; they're going to wear down. I was surprised to see that the Giants lost two out of three against the Pirates this weekend. So that's the other just frustrating thing is. This is how hard baseball is. A couple of things go their way, and the Dodgers are in first place, and they might have had either a three-game or a two-game lead against the Giants going into San Francisco. And that's why it's just it's 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 interesting just to hear everybody have a meltdown or just talk about how the Dodgers are horrible. Where I just can't stress enough everything that this team has gone through. Yes, it's frustrating. 
But it, it's like, come on, guys. I, I think we have to, as fans, we have to learn to lose. We're coming yeah. off of winning a World Series, and here we are. A World Series, mind you, after 32 years of not winning one. We're coming off of a World Series, and we're not even into August yet. And fans are losing their shit over a team that's 21 games over 500. We've been spoiled one. We have been spoiled. We've talked about that here a bunch. And I get it. I'm more com- I'm competitive more than the next guy, right? But at the same time, you're not going to win them all. You can't. And, you know, I know that they go into every series with their mentality being, hey, we need to win every series. And that's, that's a great way to go into it because you're not going to win everything, right? But even, even with what's upcoming this week with the trade deadline, the Padres are going to be just as busy because they've made it clear that they're willing to go over the threshold. The Giants are probably also going to be busy based on who they've been kicking the tires on. I mean, shit, they're kicking the tires on Danny Duffy too. So it, it, it's not only just the on-field stuff, but it's going to be trying to counter those moves. And I, I really do think that this will be the first time, I think, since you know, kind of this regime, at least the Friedman regime, that we're going to see him be aggressive at the deadline. Because in years past, they haven't really been all that aggressive at the deadline, and I know that pisses off the fan base. But truthfully, they didn't really need to be because those teams were, were ex, you know, exponentially better even than this current iteration of a team because this team, what's affecting them is the injuries. And let's say that a, a Corey Seager is going to be injury-riddled for the rest of the season. Let's say a Mookie Betts is going to be injury-riddled for the rest of the season. You have to find a way to fix that. The Obviously, the viable option right now is Kiebert. They're not going to call him up because they want to trade him. They, they don't want to carry three catchers? Cool. They got to make a move. But – the other part is, is the Padres are probably going to get better and the Giants are probably going to get better too. And that's scary in the sense that if the Dodgers stand pat, then that's that's their, that's their the grave that they have dug and they have to lie in it, right? And at that point, I think that criticism that is being thrown out and doled out by the fan base on Twitter or wherever, that'll be fair at that point if they don't make a move. If they don't make a move, I would be a thousand percent surprised. Even if they don't sign a Cole Hamels or if they if they don't go out and do any of that, I would be incredibly surprised if they didn't do that. But do I think that the criticism is still unfairly being thrown around? I, I do think so. Because of all things considered, like you said, they're 21 games above 500 and everyone, including the clubhouse attendants, are hurt. So, I mean, it's one of those things where if this was them being, you know, the opposite, 40 and 61, okay, that's fair. That's fair. With the amount of money that they're spending, yada, 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 coming off a World Series win, cool. This is this is right where they want to be. And if they go out and they counter and get a Craig Kimbrell, a Max Scherzer, someone of that level that's going to change everything tomorrow, okay. Then, then we know they're taking it serious. But again, I am just a guy on a podcast, so I can't sit here and say this is what they're going to do. But they're going to be aggressive, just like our rivals are in the same division, and it's going to be a fun deadline. Absolutely. I mean, it'd be very interesting. I mean, if the Giants end up getting Mac, a Max Scherzer, if the Padres end up getting a Kyle Schwarber, you know, if the Nationals, I mean, one of the things that I can't stress enough, nobody's going to want to help the Dodgers. The deal, I, I know the preliminaries, I think it's not the official yet, but I think some of the names that got released in that trade that the Padres made with the Pirates to get Adam Frazier it seems like the Mariners were offering maybe a better deal, but because the the Pirates uh, threw in money, 
to go to the pods. I, I don't I know money was being exchanged, and I think that was the difference there. Of $1.4 million. So I, I mean, that's the thing. It's just sometimes when deals get done, I'm just like, wait a minute, this team was offering you a better deal. Why did you make the deal with the other team? Right? No one is going to help the Dodgers. No, I feel every time they go to make a trade, the Dodgers have to overpay. And it is very interesting to see whatever deals they do get done, because unless they get a high caliber player, I don't want to see them trade Kiebert for like what you were saying, like a Danny Duffy because of necessity, because they need starters. I would like them to trade Kiebert to get, you know, somebody who's, who's really good. I mean, say what you will about the show pods, the show pods just got Adam Frazier and they got him for another year because he signed through 2022. So that's a guy that they're going to have next year. And that squad is now starting to look deeper and deeper. So I, that's, what's just frustrating is the fact that the Dodgers need help. Everyone knows the Dodgers need help. And because of that, the price tag is going to go up. And I don't know if the Dodgers have the assets to pull off all the number of trades that they're going to need to, to pull off in order to address the holes that they have. Well, it's going to be interesting. I will say this as, as we wrap it up. The Washington Nationals are going to be a very interesting team to watch on Friday because Mr. Rizzo, the GM over there, is, is not a guy that likes to concede. And especially after that run in 2019, that dude is for sure not going to concede. But the fact that Boris has been open about what Max is and is not willing to do tells me that they're for sure considering selling. Another team that's going to be interesting to see if they become sellers are the Yankees. Because the Yankees, they, I mean, that's, a, like I said earlier, that's its own shitstorm, right? They need to fire Aaron Boone. They need to just, just blow it up and start over again. If they make any of those infielders available, I know that's going to be appealing to the Dodgers. But the Nationals, what they have is they need to rebuild around their cornerstones of those guys that they want to keep signed there, which are Trey Turner and Juan Soto. So if you deal a Brad Hand, if you deal a Max Scherzer, if you even deal a Daniel Hudson, you can acquire those assets back. And why wouldn't you want to get, I don't know, we'll say Kiba Ruiz and, you know, DJ Peters and some money for a Brad Hand or a Max Scherzer. That's fair. That's a fair deal because the Dodgers aren't going to use DJ Peters at this level. They've already shown that. It's time for him to get a, an opportunity elsewhere. But where it's going to be interesting to see is who ends up being a seller. And we're going to see that then in the next little bit is who is actually going to sell. But to your point, they're not going to make it easy for the Dodgers at all. And I'm okay with them throwing money in the deal to make it you know, easier or whatever. Like It's kind of like soccer where they buy a player, as they say. I'm cool with that. But at what cost is going to be like too much for Freeman? That's what's going to be interesting to see. At what point it's like, okay, so we can get Max Scherzer for this, this, and this. Do we want to do that? And then the other thing that's going to be interesting to see is what major league players the Dodgers are willing to throw in deals. Because at some point, someone's going to ask for a major league player. And the Marlins, the Mariners, the Pirates, those are all sellers. Those are kind of the usual suspects, right? They're going to want a haul for some of those marquee guys. So it's going to be interesting to see how Friday goes down. And again, last shameless plug, we're doing a special this Friday at the deadline, deadline day on the 30th. It's going to be, it's, I feel like it's going to be, I, I feel like it's going to be like winter meeting time where it's going to be like chaotic, but that's just because of the buyers and the, and with the Dodgers actually being a buyer and making it known that they want to be a buyer, 
it's either going to be complete and utter chaos or it's going to be very quiet. I, I, I think it's going to be the former instead of the latter. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. So make sure you guys follow us on the Twitters. We will send out that information about our trade deadline special as soon as we have it. And likewise, official now, right? You guys just made that official. We just made it official, yes, because you've made oh, okay. it official. So we're making oh. it officially official. I'll get I'll get started on that one. <laughs> we, we, we just we just made an executive decision without letting our producer know. I guess we, our producer just woke up as he was listening to the show. But I mean, that's that's uh that's that's how it goes here. We we live by the seat of our pants, and we're just either going to burn it all down or we're just going to enjoy it while it happens. I mean, it is what it is. And also just a reminder, this is a double episode. So after you finish listening to this episode, if you haven't already listened to our other episode, which is our interview with Elisa Hernandez, field producer for Sportsnet LA, please make sure you do that. Listen, subscribe. And hey, guys, write us a review. We need, we need some more reviews on uh, wherever you listen to your podcast. And likewise, uh, for doing that sort of stuff, uh, you know, for, for things we've been invited to, we kind of want to take some of you with us. So that'll give us an opportunity to maybe pick some of you to do that stuff if you're in the local LA area. Yes. Plus, we also have a giveaway going on. So if you aren't following us already on Instagram, make sure you do that because we're giving out a baby face. What it's a it's a straw hat, right? A Dodgers straw hat or what's it called? It's a Dodgers straw hat, but it's on our Dodgers beat page. So if you go to the Dodgers beat Instagram, uh, you can go ahead and get uh, signed up on that. And if you're not following that page, please follow it. Please follow our Instagram page for the podcast, the Bleed Los podcast. Same on Twitter. On that note, from your boys, Alonso y Juan, babyface gimmick in the sky. Thank you for joining us. It's been a while since we talked baseball instead of just interviewing. And not to say that those interviews are not fun. They're for sure fun. But talking baseball is a... that's why we're here and i'm glad that we got to do it again for the first time in a while but on that note we will wrap it up it's your boys alonso juan please write a review subscribe all that good jazz and we will catch you down the road stay safe go dodgers and please trade for max scherzer please Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Please subscribe and leave a review to the Bleed Lows Podcast. The Bleed Lows Podcast is a Dodgers Beat production. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.